You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. The next event that we'll examine that happened year six before Hudaybiyah and we will conclude the class tonight is the expedition of Ghaba. It's called the expedition of Al-Ghaba, also known as the Qirat. This happened year six before the Hudaybiyah. Now this place called Al-Ghaba, Al-Ghaba in Arabic means jungle or forest, but it was the name of a village close to Medina. According to some reports, this is about 13 miles north of Medina. Some have given different distances, but roughly it's about 13 miles north of Medina. What happened during this expedition? The tribe of Banu Fazara, they were a, a branch from the big Ghatafan tribe. Led by a man, a tribal leader, his name was Uyayna ibn Hisn. This was his name. Uyayna was the leader of this tribe. He mobilized 40 horsemen and they attacked the milch camels of Prophet Muhammad in Al-Ghaba. What are milch camels? You can tell milch and milk are pretty much the same. Milch camels in Arabic are basically camels that you can use them for milk. Because you know you can take milk from a cow, from a sheep or from a camel as well. So the Prophet had 40 camels that belonged to him in this village called Al-Ghaba. They raided that village. And they seized the camels of the Prophet. So Uyayna and 40 of his men, they stormed that village where the camels of the Prophet were being stored outside of Medina. And they seized those camels. They also committed a crime. They killed the son of Abu Dhar al-Ghifari. They killed his own son. You know Abu Dhar, this great companion, he lost his son during the time of the Prophet. And they took his wife as a captive. Whose wife? See, when you use a pronoun like that, his wife, does that go to Abu Dhar or his son? There's two scholarly opinions. Some scholars believe his wife means Abu Dhar's wife. They took his wife as a captive. Some say no, it's his daughter-in-law. They killed his son and they took his wife, meaning his son's wife, his daughter-in-law. In any case, there are two reports. So it was either his wife or his daughter-in-law that was captured as a prisoner of war. One of the, one of the companions of the Prophet by the name of Salam ibn al-Akwa, he came to know about this incident. Either he himself saw them or some narration state he heard from Bilal. Bilal knew and he heard from him. Some narrations say he learned that from Ribah. Ribah was a servant of the Prophet In any case, Salam ibn al-Akwa somehow comes to know about this raid. He was going to Ghaba himself when he realized this. So he followed them quickly 
according to the narrations that he narrates, and he tried to stop them. He shot arrows at them to stop them, but he couldn't. You know, they're 40 men, they're fast on their horses. They escaped. The Prophet was informed that 40 men from Bani Fazara, led by Uyayna, they have attacked your camels in Al-Ghaba, and they've killed the son of Abu Dhar al-Ghifari and his wife. The Prophet becomes very disappointed. So he mobilizes his companions and he says, let's go and stop these evil men. 500 and according to some sources, 700 joined Rasulullah, the companions to go and stop them. So this village, they were Muslims? No, this, this village was part of Medina. It was the surrounding of Medina, it belonged to Muslim land. So these 40 men were non-Muslim, they were mushriks. They came from a different place. Where did they come from? They come from Bani Fazara, the Ghatafan tribe. So they intruded into the territory of Medina and they attacked those camels. But that area belonged to the Muslims. So it was like trespassing into Muslim territory. Halabi narrates that the Prophet when he heard Ibn al-Akwa saying that this aggression has happened, the Prophet said in Medina, Al-Faza, Al-Faza, something terrible has happened, let's leave. Ya khayl Allah irkabi. What does Ya khayl Allah irkabi means? Khayl means horses. Irkabi means let's ride and go. So the Prophet says, O horses of God, let's ride and go. That means, O you Muslims, I invite you to go fi sabilillah. For the sake of Allah, let's stop these evil men. Now, it has been narrated that this is the first time in the history of Islam that this slogan was said, Ya khayl Allah irkabi. O horses of God, ride, let's go. Some have said the Prophet said this at Bani Quraidah, which we've examined before Bani Quraidah. In any case, there are reports that the Prophet said this you know, at the expedition of Al-Ghaba. This expression, Ya Khayl Allah Irtabi, does it remind you about anything that happened in Karbala? What happened? Umar ibn Sa'd, this evil commander of the army of Yazid and Ibn Ziyad, when he told his people to fight Imam Hussein, he used the slogan, he says, Ya Khayl Allah Irtabi, O horses of God, let's kill Hussein. SubhanAllah, look at the evilness. Look at the indecency. He uses the words of Rasulullah to kill his grandson. Can you, can you see the evilness of these people who killed Imam Hussein? Imagine Imam Hussein have to, having to deal with this. His family hearing things that their grandfather mentioned about the mushriks. And they're applying it to Imam Hussein and his family. This shows you how evil they were. La ilaha illallah. So the Prophet leaves Medina with his companions. He asks Ibn Umm Maktoum, one of his companions, to represent him in Medina. And this is a common theme. Whenever the Prophet leaves Medina, he puts a representative. And then they tell us he left this world without a representative. And he asks Sa'd ibn Ubadah to guard Medina with 300 men. Now the Prophet dispatches several horsemen to catch up to the aggressors. A fighting takes place with those 40 horsemen. It is reported that one Muslim got killed and some said have two, two, two were killed. Now the Prophet and the fighters arrives. The aggressors leave with about 10 of those camels. 
Salama ibn al-Akwa, he asked the Prophet to give him permission to go and chase them and kill them and reclaim the camels from them. The Prophet said to him, Yabn al-Akwa, إِذَا مَلَكْتَ فَأَسْجَحْ or فَسْجَحْ That means if you go and you gain victory over them, be gentle with them. Look at Rasulullah. They came, they steal your camels, they kill someone and he still tells his companion, be gentle with them. Then the Prophet states, they are in Ghatafan, go and find them there. So the Prophet goes back to Medina. Now what happened to the wife of Abu Dhar al-Ghifari or his daughter-in-law? What happened to her? So they took the camels of the Prophet and they had her sit on one of the camels as they were fleeing. So she was on one of the camels of Rasulullah Somehow she managed to escape, she made a nither, she made a vow. She came, she comes to the Prophet in Medina. The Prophet told her, how, how were, you, were you saved? She told him, Ya Rasulullah, I made a vow that if Allah saves me on this camel, when I get to Medina, I'll have this camel slaughtered. This was my nither. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He accepted my dua and He saved me. The Prophet according to this narration, He smiled. The Prophet told her, number one, is this how you repay the camel? It saved you and you want to kill it? That's not fair. <laughs> the camel saved you, why do you want to kill it? Number one, this is not your camel, it's my camel. <laughs> your nidr is batil. See, a lot of times people do that. A mother calls me, Sayyid, I did a nidr to do XYZ with my son. You don't have the right to do that. You know, they make decisions on behalf of other family members and they make the nidr. That's batil. A nidr is only valid if it's applied to you and your belongings. If you make a nidr, if Allah heals me, I'll take $1,000 from my son's money and I will give to the poor. You don't have the right to do that because that's not your money. You can do nidr about your own money and property. So the Prophet told her, that's not a valid nidr, that's my camel, that's not your camel. Then he told her, go to your family, it's okay and Allah has saved you, Allah will give you the barakah. No, she didn't slaughter the camel. The camel. See, the Prophet was demonstrating a humanitarian point. If an animal saved you, right? It's not appropriate for you to kill that animal. Khalas, leave that animal alone, go do another nidr. That's the first lesson he was teaching us. He you know, be, be even show ma'roof and kindness to an animal that helped you. Yes, even that ihsan, show it to the animal. Number two, the Prophet was demonstrating to Muslims that you cannot do such a nidr. Such a vow is not, you know, a, a vow that's acceptable. Some quick observations about this incident. Why did we share this incident of Al-Ghaba, year six of the Hijrah? Number one, don't let your guard down. Be forgiving, yes, but don't encourage the aggressor. Why did the Prophet chase them? Because the Prophet wants to show his enemies, I will take action. Don't think you can just storm into Medina and kill people and steal camels and I'm not going to do anything. This is a serious crime because it ruins the security of the nation. So the Prophet is gentle, but he wants to be firm to protect the innocent. Number two, you know that tribe of Banu Fazara led by Uyayna? You know why their crime is so great? Because the Prophet had done them goodness, even though they were mushrikeen. The land of his tribe, Uyayna and his men, were suffering a drought. 
So they didn't have any graze, you know, any grass to give to their camels and cows and livestock. The Prophet allowed them to come to Muslim lands around Al-Ghaba in order to bring their animals so they can eat from the grass of Muslim territory. The Prophet gave them permission. After their animals, these pagans, their animals became well-fed and strong, they betrayed the Muslims. This is how he returned the Prophet's favor. The Prophet allows you to come because you have a drought in your area. Come to Medina, it's okay, I let you and your animals eat from our grass. Then you do that, you kill the son of Abu Dhar al-Ghafari and you steal the camels of the Prophet. The Prophet freely gave you the service. Why do you, see what the Prophet had to deal with. And the Prophet, by the way, He's teaching us to build good ties with your neighbors, even if they're non-Muslim. Show the inclusivity of Islam. Because someone will say, but they're mushrikeen, why would you even allow them to come to Medina and let them graze on our pastures and lands? Because this is the akhlaq of Rasulullah, he's generous. Show them the kindness of Muslims. And this is a lesson for us today. Today, we live in a non-Muslim society, right? Do we show any non-Muslims favors? Do so. This is the akhlaq of Rasulullah. Show them favors. Show them the kindness of Islam. That's something that the Prophet wants us to do. And if every Muslim does that, that would set such a beautiful example for every non-Muslim in our society. And this would encourage many of them to join Rasulullah and to join the Prophet of Islam. As the Imams have said, you know, call to our path, not necessarily by giving speeches, through your tongue, through your actions. So we see the Prophet in Medina, he wanted to create a good environment where his neighbors, other tribes, they also benefit. They come, you know, to Muslim lands and he allowed them to borrow that grass and, you know, to have their animals graze over there. But subhanAllah, look at how they treated the Prophet. Look at the ghadr, look at the betrayal. And this is something that the Prophet had to deal with.